Welcome back to the Casey Adams Show. Today, I am joined by Sean Riley, the chief executive dude of Dude Products. Thanks so much for coming to the show, Sean. Yeah, Casey, thanks for having me, dude. Excited to be here. Of course. So, you know, it's it's been crazy to see how much you guys have grown over the years. I recently, I shouldn't say recently, but just I think earlier this year, I finally hopped on the Dude Wipes wave. And I will say just not only game changer, but just seeing your product out there in the market, the way that you guys have really penetrated the the toilet paper business and how you're killing that space has just been super cool to see. But for those that, for the people that may not be familiar with dude products, Sean, I'd love for you to give a, just a quick high level overview of what it is that you guys have created. Yeah, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on board. And that's what we always say since the beginning, it's just kind of one butt at a time for us, one wipe at a time. You know, we were we were just some dudes in an apartment after college, drinking beers, eating burritos, you know, trying to think, how can we get out of the nine to five? Uh, we had our first paychecks and, you know, we wanted to create something fun and different. And we really saw that uh, there was a gap in the market. I was given bringing home a bunch of baby wipes from Sam's Club to the apartment and everyone was kind of quickly using them, getting hooked on them. And this is a place where we had you know, five guys living there, another four on the couch, you know, a uh, basically an animal house of sorts. And it became this like funny conversation of like, why are we getting hooked on these baby wipes? And like some guys had used them instead of toilet paper before other guys hadn't. Why have we never had this conversation? And so that was like the initial aha, like idea moment, kind of like to call it of like the genesis of the product. Like, well, like, let's go look into these flushable wipes and how stale is this market and toilet paper has never been disrupted. And so we started just researching and, and playing around with it. And then dude wipes was like the brand idea that was almost born right away too, was like, we need to have this fun brand, not only in toilet paper, but in our opinion, in most of like CPG consumer product goods, like people hadn't really come out and like authentically talked like the way like you and your buddies would talk behind closed doors. Yeah. And so that was like another like real thing that we were hot on. And, you know, the brand was even cruder right out the gate, you know, basically 10 years ago when it came out, because it was just us putting whatever the hell we wanted on packaging and yep. and all of that. But yeah, long story short, you know, we, we put our money where our mouth is. We throw $30,000 together. We buy our first round of dude wipes, you know, load them up into a spare bedroom, four pallets, kind of fill up the bedroom, no experience um, in e-commerce or retail or anything like this. Just, you know, actualizing the idea was like the first goal. And then it was like, all right, where do we go from here? You know, goal number one was launching. And then, you know, goal number two was, was turning it into a company and, you know, providing jobs and getting it out to customers. So from there, we just said, all right, we got to figure this shit out, you know? I love that. That's so cool, man. Just knowing how that opportunity, how you guys saw that opportunity and then and went to dive into it. You know, what was what was the time frame from having that moment of like, wow, like this is a this is an industry that really hasn't been disrupted to getting those first four pallets. Like how long was that time frame? I'd say it was probably close to two years, like eighteen oh, wow. months or something like that from like okay, like we want to do something. And then, you know, when you're an early entrepreneur, you don't really know where to start a lot of times. We're like incorporating a company and like looking at trademarks. And, you know, then we got to a certain point where it was like, okay, product, product, product. 
we got to get the product developed and find a manufacturer. And, you know, that took a little bit of time because we weren't guys who had done this before or had investor money. So we kind of had to like act like we knew our shit and, you know, reach <laughs> out to people on LinkedIn and, you know, call in phone calls to wet wipe manufacturers and just, you know, who's going to work with us. And, and we ended up developing just like a one page specification PDF that had like a dude wipes logo at the top had how we wanted them individually wrapped. We wanted them bigger. We wanted them flushable, like all of our specs. And that ended up like looking professional enough to kind of get some people interested. And then kind of just like anything, like the one guy from a company who, you know, was going to take a flyer on us was in Chicago. We're like, let's take you out for beers and pizza. Like, you know, getting to know somebody face to face and getting yep. the passion across and like all of that. And then from there, that guy was like, he kind of believed in us and the idea. And he started going to bat at his manufacturer. Like, you know, we got to We got to get something done for these dude wipes guys. Cause I think, I think they could be on to something, you know? <laughs> so cool. So you, you said it, it's been over 10 years, correct? Since you guys started, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. We got product in like July of 2012. Um, wow. you know, and we probably sold like $10,000 worth that year, like literally yeah. out of the trunk of our car and, you know, a couple wholesalers, couple local stores and stuff. So then, yeah, 2013 was our first, you know, full year of business. Got it. No, that's so cool. So yeah. when did uh, you guys ended up going on shark tank? You got a deal with Mark Cuban. How did that opportunity line up? When was that? And just where was the business before going on shark tank? Yeah. So you know, Shark Tank was just one of those things like it, you're an entrepreneur and, you know, especially um, 10 years ago, it was like, got to get on Shark Tank, right? Yeah. It's just kind of like a dream. So we applied like our first year in business and obviously we had basically no sales and like we got turned down. Then we applied our second year in business and we had, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of sales. We were making a little progress. Um, we got pretty far with the producers. And then, you know, they, they kind of basically each week, if they call you at the end of the week, it means you made it to the next. So we made it like four or five weeks and then we stopped getting the calls and you know, shoot, we didn't make it. So then the third year we applied and, you know, the story was continuing to grow. We had just gotten confirmation that we were going to get into our first um, store, which was Kroger. So kind of like by that year, we were actually fairly confident we were going to get on the show because we were like right in that sweet spot about to have our first million dollar year, you know, yep. fun brand. It would make good TV, uh, fun topic, all of that innovative, disruptive. And so we go through all the rounds and you finally get the call out to LA where they're like, you know, you guys made it. You're going to be shooting on this weekend, you know, come on out. So that was in the summer of 2015. So you call it like um, about three years into the journey um, not quite that we made it onto the show, uh, and shot our show in front of the sharks and went through that whole deal. So cool. And, and I remember reading somewhere, you guys are like one of the top deals on the show when it comes to revenue numbers. Is, isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're in that top, uh, echelon right now of like scrub daddy and dude wipes. You know, those are some of, uh, the products that are selling the most right now. Um, you know, ring was on there as well, yep. um, which was more like a venture, you know, backed kind of thing. And then they got bought by Amazon, but like, 
you know, we see ourselves as like that true shark tank, like yeah. American dream story, you know, just 100%. guys trying to make it, trying to get a deal with a shark. And now it's fun because we've gone back on updates and stuff. And like, we can tell that story like, hey, we came into the shark tank, you know, with $300,000 in sales. We were, you know, hoping to do 1.5 million that year, made a deal with Mark, did all that stuff. Um, but, you know, now we're selling over $100 million worth of dude wipes a year, you know, seven years later. So it's yeah, like, kind of so you insane. can do it too sort of vibes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Know, we were those guys fighting and dreaming early on. Yeah, it, it's so cool. Like a couple of dudes in their bedroom see this opportunity. It's, you know, funny, cool, but a market. And then just seeing how much you guys have grown is, is so incredible. But I, I want to talk about not only the Shark Tank deal, but how it's been working with Mark Cuban, right? As someone that's watched Shark Tank for so long and so many people listening to the show, I'm sure they've watched Shark Tank as well. You see a deal happen, you're happy for the founder on the show, then boom, like now they got to go figure it out and you have this incredible entrepreneur, like one of the sharks on your team. What was that transition process like after the show, working with Mark and how much of a difference did it make to the business during that early stage? Yeah. So early on, you know, it's super impactful because, you know, a lot of these sharks like Mark, like they also have a team who can like do some tactical things like, you know, look at your website or, Hey guys, we got to get this accounting more in order. And they just, you know, can help out from there. But immediately, you know, you kind of have access to Mark, right. And, and Mark's seen a business go from, you know, 500,000 to 5 million to 50 million to 500 million to 5 billion. He's kind of, seen every stage so what's been interesting for us is like the you know the advice mark has given us early on is to help us out as early entrepreneurs and and one of them was don't drown an opportunity so like when you are an early entrepreneur trying to make your first couple million it's like you're like gasping for air like you're just trying to make sales you're trying to grow you're you're trying to do anything and everything and there's almost kind of like a frantic energy about it where you're trying to do too much and you know mark was real good at those early days and like focusing us and saying like guys you just got into these 200 stores like why don't you go kick ass in these 200 stores instead of worrying about the next group of stores and like yep. really being patient about controlling the growth and focusing and like winning where your feet are instead of trying to be everywhere at once and so that was some things that helped us early on like let's win here then go get another win, then go get another win. And when you look at the story of our company, you know, like been around for 10 years and all that, like, that's what it is. It's like this organic slope of like controlled growth and, and it all builds on each other. And then you have a really big company like today, but it's been because of like that focused controlled mindset. Um, so, you know, that was super important early on. And then as we grew, and we're looking at things like, hey, Mark, should we raise money right now? You know, like we're growing, we can do this. Mark's like, well, you know, do you need it? You guys are growing organically, yeah. okay. Um, you know, if I were you, I would hire smart people instead of selling more equity. And, yeah. and so like pieces of advice like that along the way, like helped us, you know, Mark is our only investor to date. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Wow. So you guys have never raised capital outside of Shark Tank deal. Yep. No, just wow. Shark Tank. So, and and we, you know, you know, Mark's guidance kind of helped us not be too impatient where it's like, hey, we need capital. You know, Mark's kind of thing was like, well, if it's working, just be patient, you know, and, and 
that is, uh, has really helped us kind of grow. And yeah, we're kind of in this unheard of position um, where we haven't raised capital and we've been able to scale and grow and get into places like Walmart and Target and Kroger yeah. and had this huge distribution, but because like we took our time and, you know, had a really cool mentor and smart guy, obviously, along the way to kind of help us with each challenge. And now we're this bigger company, but, you know, Mark can give us advice on how to get to the next level. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a cool relationship, a great mentor to have in our corner uh, and, and has helped us, you know, really not have to go venture capital, private equity, you know, route uh, until yeah. now. That's so cool to hear. Like knowing that you guys haven't raised, you've had that mentor in your corner and you guys have just sustained and grown over the years. Congrats to you guys for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you. Of course. So when it comes to the business now and just getting to the point where you guys are, I absolutely love what you, what you guys do on social. You guys have built such an incredible brand that just speaks to the success of the company, right? People aren't just going to buy another, uh, you know, wet wipes, right? Like they, they feel, and as a consumer myself of the product, you feel connected with the brand. And as, as a man, it's like, oh, dude wipes. You share it with your friends. You tell your boys about it. They come over. Like it's a yeah. very organically shareable product in my personal experience, right? Especially you have friends over, they go to the bathroom. Oh, what is this? Right? So I would love to hear from, from you. Like when was that, not that, not one moment, but distribution channel wise, direct to consumer, getting into stores. Like when did you guys uh, really start to feel that growth and how has social played a part in the growth of the company when it comes to the direct to consumer angle? Yeah. So, you know, like kind of that word of mouth dudes talking about dude wipes, like that was what always kept us going in the early days. Like we had these little packets of dude wipes. Our first product ever was just a little condom sized one you put in your wallet. And that was kind of the innovation. Like this guy can have a fresh ass anywhere he goes, the bar, the yeah. office, whatever. Um, but we even used to just like put a box out in a bar and just like sit on the other side and watch people take them out and pass them out and see people laughing and joking and smiling. And so like, we were always like, wow, like this product, when it gets in people's hands, like they talk about it. So like, that's the old school social media, like word of mouth still is everything. Right. Um, but it gets really amplified on social now because you go post that online and you know, you follow dude wipes and we're saying funny things about going to the bathroom. So like, we've always been very big on that, like community with online social, but also like just getting the product into people's hands because it does do something different for you, get you cleaner. It kind of has that product habit, like hook you want to talk about. And then you layer on the fun brand on top of it. And like, they kind of both work like magic together. But I always say like, you've got to have both like, no fun brand can stand on any legs if it doesn't have great product. Yep. And if you have great product, but you don't have like a, you know, a good brand on top of it, not as many people are going to know about it. So that's like the ultimate combo is like great brand, great product. Uh, and Amazon was like our first channel that really started to blow up for us. So that was the channel where it was like, we're getting all these reviews, we're getting these repeat buyers, you know, it keeps growing and growing. And that's where we were able to sit in front of someone like Kroger, which was our first toilet paper deal. So it was like, you know, two years into the business, finally we get in front of a toilet paper buyer, which was like our Super Bowl moment, you yeah. know, like, do you want to buy dude wipes, you know? Yep. And the reason that he wanted to take a gamble on us 
is because he saw online and everything we were doing on social was working. So, you know, take, take your time building a business on the internet before you go to retail is always my advice because you can build up that social proof and that sales proof, and then you can bring it to a store and get them to say yes. And then once you bring it to the store, kind of like what I was talking about earlier with Mark, like don't go worry about the next store, like go win in that store. Cause you might lose in that store and you might understand like, Oh, I need to change something. This packaging needs to change. This price point needs to change. So like, you know, win and then step up, win again. But we're always kind of like monitoring those failures and those tweaks and, and going to the next level. Absolutely. No, that's, that's so cool to hear. And speaking of failures and just pivots in the company, I, I remember reading and it kind of plays into Mark's advice where uh, he just talked about like sticking to what works. And I remember reading how you guys not necessarily made a pivot, but different product categories, whether that's deodorant or, or different products, then the deodorant, yep. deodorant one specifically, uh, you guys ended up shutting down, if I'm not mis- mistaken. What, yep. what have you guys learned from testing different product lines, some of the, the hardships of learning that? And what do you recommend to founders that are looking to, yes, like try different things, but you don't want to go do too much, especially if something is working, like you said before. So we'd love to dive into that experience and really hear like what the, the biggest piece of advice would be for founders looking to do that. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's not the best, best idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my biggest piece of advice which kind of like you alluded to, we haven't always followed is just focus. So like if you're winning on something in a category, just like focus on it and continue to grow that category and kind of be the category king. So, and you see like all these examples over time, like when Coors Light comes out with a Coors Seltzer because everyone's making hard (laughs) seltzers, it gets discontinued in 10 months. Because guess what? People want to buy light beer from that brand you know and that's why white claw is going to go and win that seltzer battle because they are inherently a seltzer brand and they can build on that equity and be the king in that category so like the only time i'd recommend like pivoting or expanding is if like the girl that brought you to the dance you know like the category the thing you did out the gate is stopping you know the growth is stopping and then so you got to kind of understand okay like this growth is slowing down how do we expand? What else can we do? But where we got over a little over our skis was dude wipes was growing. So the growth wasn't slowing on dude wipes. And we said, well, the power of this dude brand, why don't we go and, you know, get a deodorant line out and kind of like expand into men's grooming, which sounds like a good idea, right? For sure. And, you know, like until you actually get into it and then it's like, wait, I'm fighting a war with toilet paper multi-billion dollar conglomerate and try to innovate and now i want to go try and fight a war with axe and old spice too like we don't have the liberty of all that capital and energy to be you know going on those divided fronts so you know we kind of quickly realized and this wasn't the products we're like selling but we kind of quickly realized like all of our time needs to be spent doing you know the entire idea that in the apartment, you know, yep. that got us here. Um, so that was a valuable lesson, but like, I would do it again at the same time. Cause failing at that has taught us that lesson, like galvanized it into us. And, you know, when we were bantering about it with Mark, 
his kind of thing was, well, if you guys never did that, I think you'd always be asking yourself, what if? Yeah. And like, trust For me, sure. there's plenty of smart people who would recommend our brand still does that today. Like, hey, you guys need to like do yeah. more things and stuff. So there's like two trains of thought and they call it like a core brand where you're focused on a core or a platform brand where you're kind of platforming out and doing a bunch of things. And we are a core brand, but without sort of failing at, you know, looking at some of the platform stuff, we might've always been asking what if. So I honestly like that we failed and that we did it a couple years ago, three years ago or so, um, because now we kind of like are tempted to do it again. I love that. Like speaking about the failures, I, I learned so much from that. Just hearing how you got, I, you can really tell you, you really, you went through that experience. And I, I want to talk about just lessons. And I noticed you have some bullet points behind you on the wall. The dudeness is the magic. Have fun, work yeah. hard, be a good dude. A couple of these mottos of the brand, it seems. What are some of the the core values that you believe have made the brand become such a brand, right? It says the dudeness is the magic. I would love to right. just have you expand on that, on why some of those bullet points are behind you and really what they mean to you and the company overall. Yeah, no, it's a great question, man. So these are like the dude values behind us. And so we had some, some very smart people, you know, tell us early on, like, you need to create values for your company when you get started because that's like what makes you guys unique. And then as you grow and bring on people, it's very clear like, hey, this is the values for working at this company. You know, this is the yeah. values for this brand. And like, we kind of hire and fire by those. Like either like, you know, you're with this and, and you're gonna like this or you don't, which is all well and good, but it really helps like keep everybody focused and like on the same mission. And, and when we say the dudeness is the magic, that is a value about our brand. So like, that's the one thing no one can ever take away from us is dude wipes and the dude brand. People can come out with black packs of wipes and they have and call yeah. them, you know, bro wipes and stuff like that. Like we can't stop people from doing anything, but knocking off our brand. Like our brand is like what we own and, and what we did uniquely to talk to people and like encourage those fun conversations with your buddy and be blunt about shit jokes and share fun things on Instagram and, you know, kind of our irreverent David versus Goliath sort of story is, is the only thing people can't take away from us. So like totally. when new people come on board, like that's what we clearly explain to them. Like when it comes to the brand, we need to do a lot of other things. Well, but when it comes to the brand, like the dudeness is the magic. And that's what we have to stay true to and not get too bland or too watered down. Yep. And that's what we always like have to appreciate, you know? I love that. Ha have the core values changed at all over time or have they remained the same since the inception of the company? They are the same since 2013 when we made them. That's awesome. Um, so we're not adverse to like changing them. Um, like people say, you know, don't visit your values often, but check on, check in with them every, you know, one to two years and see if something needs to be, you know, added yep. or subtracted. But um, no, yeah, same one. That's awesome. And kind of like when we were talking about like the failures and stuff, our one is the like learn, improve, perfect, repeat. So like that's sort of that infinite cycle of like it being okay to fail and it, you want to learn something from it and the work is never done. And like the Dude Wipes product is never perfect. Like just because it's selling like hotcakes now, 
we have to understand like what's the next best packaging technology or the next best flushability thing or like how can we be the best at this and always learning and and you could take that to every like department you know in your company and just kind of that always learning it being okay to fail is something like we're big on here um because that's something that bigger companies have a hard time doing they have a hard yeah. time like failing and letting people cut their teeth and you know resting on their laurels and stuff so there's a few things when you're like the underdogs in these big industries that you really start to realize like oh wow these these are things we need to hold on to because if we start to lose them we lose our competitive advantage versus you yeah. know georgia pacific who's totally. you know, sells billions of dollars <laughs> worth of paper products and stuff like that you know absolutely and you said something of like flushability and I, I wanted to dive into that because, you know, thinking about the product as a consumer, it's simple product, dude wipes, very simple, right? You're not building rockets over here, but right. there's so much innovation in what you guys have done, the branding, but how, what has been some of the, uh, the challenges and just the learning, I would say like the learning curves of creating a product such as dude wipes, as you said, flushability, all the key things that can make the product better, or just speaking to the innovation and how you guys think about it long-term. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I've never, you know, I'm not in this industry and just hearing you talk about it just really uh, gets me curious about how the team thinks about innovation, flushability, as you said, and just the product itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to always think of ourselves as like best in class, innovators of this category and so against toilet paper we are innovative right like we do the job better than toilet paper yep. and so that's what people really care about and i think that's what you always want to remind yourself of like do you do the job better for somebody and that's like the old you know innovation thing from like uh, the harvard dude you know who's talking about like do you do a job better and if you do a job better the customer will rehire you to do it again and so like, yep. that's how you have to like, look at your product, like down and dirty serving the customer. And so for us, it's like, how can we offer you, um, you know, an individual wipe that can go on your pocket so we can go anywhere with you. How can we offer you, you know, we have extra large wipes. So that was always our thing out the gate. Like ours are bigger, yeah. dudes are bigger. We got messier shits, you know, like <laughs> we need bigger wipes. Yeah. So like, you know, bigger was a big thing. And and just better, right? Like when you say flushability, it's like that has evolved every year since we've been in business. And, you know, there's new technology coming out that works better. And so we want to continuously like be on the bleeding edge of all of that stuff. And like what plastic is coming out that's more recyclable? You know, we launched a Dude Wipes Mint Chill, you know, in like 2018 and like 2018, 2019. And that was our first scented product that gave you this like chill, cooling feeling and that took off like crazy. And, you know, so we very quickly realized, oh, this is something people wanted from us. And, and so listening to the customer is like where it all starts, not like the magazines or the research, whatever, just like DMs, yeah. um, emails, like people will tell you what they don't like and what they do like, and just filtering that in. And then, you know, thinking of that when you're innovating, that's key. And people are going to say things too, like come out with do deodorant. Like people are going to say like ideas that don't make sense as a business owner, yep. but you're going to get those key nuggets where someone's like, Hey, I use dude wipes all the time. I really wish 
you could do this or you could yeah. do that. And sometimes it'll be one thing you hear from a customer that all of a sudden spins out into like, this is our next R and D thing. Like they're right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so all, yep. ear to the ground at all times, you know? Totally. I, I would love to pivot the conversation and chat more about uh, personal life, right? We Before we started this podcast, we were jamming about cold plunges and yeah, how yeah. we both did this lake ice plunge, very uh, dude things, right? What yeah. Outside of work, where do you spend your time? And, you know, what's it been like building a business? And how have you, Not I don't like the like work-life balance type of phrase, but how do you separate right. work-life, personal life, and especially when you're you're in a business that's growing so quickly? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the work-life balance thing can be tough for an entrepreneur, I think, in a good way for me. Like, it's all just life, right? Like, yeah, for sure. I'm living, I'm thinking about dude wife. Someone wants to, you know, talk to me at a party about them. Like, you know, you're kind of always just like in that zone and, and, you know, thinking of it. And, and that's because like, if you love what you do, like it should just be life. Yeah. Um, so, but, but at the same time, as a company grows and there becomes a lot of responsibilities, you do have to like prioritize, you know, your physical and your mental health and stuff like that on a regular basis. So I think, that was a learning I had, you know, early on was like, you know, waking up first thing in the morning, hitting the computer, you know, grinding all day, going to bed, doing it all over again, you know, not even stepping out to get some fresh <laughs> air or, you know, go to the gym or something. And, and very early on, I realized, Hey, like you have plenty of time in the day, you know, you need to like prioritize some, some physical things and, and mental wellness and stuff into your day. Um, so I think that's definitely a key component, like give yourself that time to unplug and don't just get like lost in the grind of it. Like you have plenty of time, yeah. you're an entrepreneur, you're always going to be on anyways. Yeah, for sure. Um, but make sure, and that honestly can feel like a job, right? Like you don't want to jump in that cold lake. Like it's fucking cold. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Like you don't want to show up to the gym every day, you know, because like sometimes you just don't feel like it. So that is like super important kind of like mental callousing stuff to get over is like, Hey, this is just something like I have to structure into my life, um, to kind of balance things out. And that's why the cold plunge is such like a cool, um, sort of like thing to do. Cause it's just like, it's a challenge of something you really don't want to do. Yeah. You know, you made it look very chill coming <laughs> out of there with a cup of coffee. I was like, man, this dude's fucking cold, you know, like, Oh my God. Uh, out of there no worries but you know when it first gets in there you don't want to get in there yeah not not one bit i wanted to ask as well is, is the cold plunge something you do often because i can speak for myself i've had a cold plunge here in my home for the past like three and a half months now and it's just become such a daily part of like a part of my day it's the first thing i do when i wake up or sometimes after the gym but it's really you know centered me on do the hard things and it's helped uh, work into that in, in life and in business outside of just the cold plunge itself. But would love to hear about your experience with that. Is this something you do often or is it just something you, uh, you do periodically? No, pretty often. Yeah. I forgot when I first started doing it, maybe like three years ago or something went to like one of those like Wim Hof training yeah. things you can go to that come to like different cities and, uh, where you like learn the breathing and then you yep. had to do the ice bath test at the end. So yeah, I'm pretty much like if uh, if I, when I'm at the gym, it's like the cold shower sauna, like do that combo after the gym. And then yep. uh, when I'm uh, at my lake house, 
in the winter, jump in there after the runs and just get that that natural freezing, you know, cold. But uh, yeah, yeah, I live in an apartment in Chicago, so don't quite have the cold bath at home yet. But I I do it all, uh, you know, when I'm at the gym every day for sure. You know what I and have? I say every day. Some days <laughs> just like man, I don't yeah. feel like. I'm going to take a hot shower today, you know, totally. Um, I would say most days I'm trying to challenge myself to do it. I love that. Also too. I, I live in an apartment here in LA. I have one on my balcony, so I, I, I keep <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's a good spot for it. <laughs> Very cool. When it comes to the future of dude wipes, dude products as a company, where, like, what do you think about what, what keeps you up at night and where do you spend your time when it comes to the future of the business? Yeah. So, you know, the future of the business is just what we've learned is doubling down on what we're doing. So this year we approximately have hit like 1% of the $12 billion U.S. toilet paper sales. So like, you know, we're always very simply able to frame it up to people. Like the next goal is 2%. So we can double the size of the company and we'll get there. You know what I mean? Like, once you've done all this growth, it's like, that seems very attainable. So now how are we going to get there? It it is the customer, you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of that like Jeff Bezos, like mentality, like you just need to be obsessed with the customer and serving them better and doing everything for them better, whether that's product, we have to offer the best prices we can just because we're premium. We always have to be looking to like make it more economical for them. And then it comes down to like the team, you know, and the values behind me is like building the team, making sure that the values are upheld as you get more people internally working at the company has been another challenge that becomes super important because now my job is to like sometimes just get out of the way, right? Yeah. Bring in smart people to run departments and stop wearing so many hats. And so that's a journey you're going to take as an entrepreneur. If you go from, you know, zero to a hundred million, like, you're going to go from doing everything yourself to yeah. trying to do less and less yourself. And that like definitely involves like letting go of the ego um, and letting yeah. go of like the control that like you need to do everything. Like, no, like people are going to be better at doing things than you. And like your job is to kind of find those people. Absolutely. What, um, where do you spend your time on a daily basis? in the business, I know, you know, we're talking about this idea of delegating and hiring great people is majority of your time spent doing that. Or how does it divvy up when it comes to, you know, your day to day at dude wipes and in the business? Yeah, I kind of did something a couple years ago, which I've been tweaking, but it's like, to me, it's more week to week. So like having things like on Mondays, like let's check in with like, you know, the operations team and you know, make sure everything's going good there. On Tuesdays, let's go review all the sales and the issues at the big customers. So what happened at Walmart last week? What happened yeah. at Amazon? You know, on Wednesday, let's talk uh, innovation and with the manufacturing team. And, you know, at Fridays, I try and leave pretty open for stuff like this and, you know, make some sales follow-ups and everything. But, you know, broadly, I'm focused on the sales, you know, the innovation, and the team um, and, you know, wearing a lot less hats than I used to, but like that helped me, especially when you used to wear a ton more hats. I had to be like, Monday is for this, Tuesday is yeah. for this, Wednesday is for that. Um, but having a same day to day is kind of tough when you're, you know, A, doing everything or B, 
when you're like a CEO or executive, I kind of like to break it out week to week. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Uh, as we wrap up this pod here, a couple more questions that, that I want to ask. If you were to go back to the beginning of Dude Wipes, what would you tell yourself when it comes to the hurdles that you've run into, the, the you know the challenges, the, the, the failures? What would you tell yourself about the business as you were starting out and why? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think it's, you know, appreciate those failures more, that, that you're learning so much from them and don't get so stressed out or bogged down, you know, by the failures. Um, and, you know, just be a little bit more patient in the journey. Because uh, like I said, that is that is the toughest part about that early entrepreneurship is like that. Are we going to live to fight another day? Um, yeah. And, you know, there's kind of a beauty in that, too. Like you get a lot of shit done yep. <laughs> when you're worried about uh, living another day, you know, like it, it's so, so there's a beauty in that. But you just want to balance it with like, you know, the self-belief and the confidence and the patience to just keep working on it and everything will work out. And, and that's something I've always kind of told myself. Um, but looking back on it, you know, you realize you, you fully didn't believe it. And that's what kind of everyone tells you to do in the early days. Like, Hey man, like you're doing great. This is interesting. You just got to like, keep going and believe in it. But like those two years feel like a hell of a long time you know, when you're just living day by day and week by week and figuring out all these lessons in real time. So like the older me would come back to the younger me and just reinforce that, like that confidence and that belief, you know, in yourself. Absolutely. I, that's really, really good advice. And I, I want to end on this conversation that you briefly touched on, just talking about mental health and just daily habits. What keeps you aligned and what are some daily habits that you've adopted over time that have helped you become a better man, a better founder, a better leader in the organization? And are there people that have influenced some of these habits or beliefs that, you know, you'd want to point to as mentors in your life? Yeah, for sure. I mean, in terms of like people on social media following like guys like Ed Milet or Jesse Isler, or Wim Hof, like those are people like I followed and like subscribe to some of their programs and stuff like that, who are just like teaching these really powerful like life lessons and physical lessons and emotional lessons. And so, you know, there's so many good people out there and so much information, like yeah. you know, find, find some people, you know, who have been there, done that, you know, are older than you and you know can kind of give you some of that advice along the way um so those have just been you know great people to follow that i've learned a lot from um the uh jesse itzler i buy his like big wall size 365 day calendar yep last year was the first year i did that absolutely loved it helped me make sure i'm prioritizing other things in my life you know what am i going to do with my family what am i going to do with my friends what am i going to do with my son what am i going to do with my wife like you know, putting all of that down in a yearly calendar was like a recent sort of evolution I went through where it's like, oh, okay, I'll always do this now. Yeah. So it's like every year we're all finding these things that it's like, oh, this helps me grow. And so it's like just being challenged and doing different things every year 
you know, is huge for growth. And, but, but the habits wise, I mean, like I said, just like, if you got to prioritize some sort of physical activity, you know, to me, that's almost number one. But then after two, you know, it's like a meditation practice um, or, you know, these days there's so many good, like life coach therapists out there, you know, that you can yeah. hire and somebody to like mentally check in with once a week and an accountability partner and help you develop emotional intelligence. Cause that's what you're going to find as this, as this whole thing progresses, like it's EQ over IQ. Like, you know, the emotional intelligence is where you see people win. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world by any means. I went to a shitty college in the Midwest, like, you know, <laughs> but now it's like, Oh, you know, this guy's so successful and all that. And really I owe that to being more emotionally intelligent. And of course, like, learning and, and knowing about my industry, but you're going to have to handle a lot of highs and lows, you know, and you want to, you want to stay even, you don't want to fucking get too high on those highs and too low on those lows. Cause you'll be swinging all over the place. And that's where just like habits that revolve around physical and mental health will help you. And, uh, that's just what it is. It's those habits and, and it could be running, it could be weightlifting, it could be yoga, it could be meditation. It's just finding what works for you. And then, you know, not being afraid to change too. Like one year you might be trying to run a marathon and stuff like that too. But it's like just those daily things you do to, to center yourself. I love that. And speaking of starting something, 2023 just started. It's January 6th of this recording. And to wrap up, I want to ask you, what are you excited about for this year and of course where's the best place for people to stay up to date about do products dude wipes and the brand overall yeah so uh brand overall follow us uh dude wipes on like instagram TikTok, twitter you know we're super active there i'm pretty active on linkedin if you want to follow me there um and then you know what we're excited about this year is we are going to be doing some like broad scale advertising um, so that's kind of like a new frontier for us where, you know, we hired our first, um, advertising agency nice. where we're going like, to be running like cool media. So you're going to like see us on TV more. Uh, and, and honestly, we're super excited about like the fun creative, um, that we're going to come out with and just, you know, we like spreading the dude wipes word cause it's like fun and it like uplifts people and it's goofy and like, the end of the day that's what kind of you know gets everybody off around here is like we're spreading positivity and fun yeah. and we're doing it through a way of like offering you a better way to go to the bathroom and all that like we, you know the product works but like whenever we can do something really fun and like make people laugh in like a mass way like who wouldn't you know that make <laughs> feel good totally. and, and we have some like aspirations to go bigger on that this year so like excited about that for sure. I cannot wait, you know, as a consumer. And I said this from the beginning, I love what you guys do on social. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's to come this year. And I'll be sure to link all the links down below on social LinkedIn so that everyone listening or watching can check that out. But with that being said, Sean, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your time and just for coming on the show. So thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to staying connected with the brand and seeing what you guys do in the years to come. No, yeah, man. It was a blast. Appreciate you supporting Dude Wipes and uh, appreciate you putting all this content out because I'm sure in the same way we're trying to spread fun and everything, like you're obviously spreading a lot of knowledge and you probably don't even know how many people, <laughs> you know, 
I appreciate that. Interviews. So yeah, kudos to you, bro. Thank you so much.